0: Hi, I'm Miriam Burke and I'm my McBride and welcome to A Little Birdie Told Me, a podcast brought to you by rollercoaster.ie. Every week we'll be
1: bringing you insights, advice and our own personal experiences along with some great guests to help you, our listeners, navigate the ups and downs of pregnancy and parenting.
0: Is your child restless this winter? If so, then try using a soothing Calpol vapour plug and nightlight. An electrical plug-in device that emits lavender and chamomile vapours to soothe and comfort babies and children, helping to promote clear and easy breathing for up to eight hours. The Calpol Night Vapor Plug and Nightlight is suitable for children from three months. Calpol Vapor Plug and Nightlight is an electrical device and non-medicine. Always read the label. Once upon a time,
1: writer and podcaster Rosemary McCabe was emphatically not having kids. But a move to America and meeting her now husband changed all that and Rosemary has since welcomed her son Atlas. In this episode, we chat pregnancy, motherhood and everything else in between with the queen of no filter.
2: I left on, I flew out of the country on March 14th, 2020. Like the worst timing of anyone ever to emigrate. Just like
1: vaguely hoping that COVID was like a blip.
2: Um, not even hoping, assuming. Yeah. Like, well, well I left, so I was meant to leave. I was meant to emigrate, well, I had got a, a working visa of three years, so I was mm-hmm. imagining I'm gonna go to America for at least three years, I'll see how it works out. Um, I'd started dating a guy in Indiana the year before, so I had that like set up for myself. So yeah. I was like, I oh, know I'm going over to date him, but you know, if, if things work out, I might stay. Yeah. Yeah. So I was meant to fly over on the 20th of March, and then Trump brought in the travel ban. But when he first brought it in, he didn't realize that Ireland wasn't in the Schengen zone. So Ireland was still, there was a loophole where you could get out of Ireland. Mm-hmm. So I immediately bumped up my flights a week. So I was like, I just don't want to wait to see what's going to happen. So I went a week early and it was like, I was meant to meet you for coffee. I was meant to, Mm. you know, say goodbye to everyone. And then all of a sudden I was like, shit, I have to pack my bag and go tomorrow. So I left then a week early. And by the time I landed in Chicago, they changed it. So I wouldn't have got out of Ireland if I'd gone even 12 hours later
0: oh my god so I landed
2: in in Indiana and I had return flights booked for May because my friend was getting married I was like I'll be home in May like, mm. and like to my parents I was like see you in May and then I'll see you again in September because I was planning the whole thing was I would never wanted to move away mm. and I always thought if I did move away I'd, like the, uh, the only way I would do it is I'd come home twice a year and I was going over to stay with my sister so I knew I wasn't gonna be paying rent so I was like the money I would have put towards rent I'll yeah. put towards flights and I'll come home twice or three times a year yeah and that was kind of what I was promising myself. Otherwise, I
1: never would like, well, have gone like, if I would not like, like, i you like, come back. you know, Brooklyn, like you're being waved off on the ship going like, <laughs> "Yeah." <you> know, <laughs> well, <that's a> bit <laughs> now, even like. if you do emigrate, you're like, well, I'll be home again, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but
2: actually, it ended up being a bit like Brooklyn. I was like, well, well,
1: without the seasickness. Well, this is the thing. This is what's so wild. Like, OK, so if you hadn't had cha- if you hadn't changed your flights and moved to America, your life would be so different now because you essentially left Ireland like single, like you were dating. Brandon yeah. you now husband yeah. but like you were dating there was no real like commitment to the future no and you were childless I was and you f- were loose and fancy yeah. free so you mean. were like single childless leaving on a kind of like not a whim but like you know leaving to be like yeah. I'm gonna try this new thing out and then yeah. you've come home two Let's and a half years happened. later married and with a baby
2: and a mortgage oh, oh, a mortgage yeah. too. More, more importantly that's the biggest tie of all the baby I could always I could always just stay here So I kept saying to Brandon I was like are you afraid I'm not
1: gonna come back and he goes no
2: all your stuff's here I was like oh i suppose <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah i mean like when i left i had i had been in a relationship for five years until two years before i left and that ended and i'd been renting in dublin and my sister had said to me you know would you come over for a few months or would you come over for a year mm. and before that i'd always had an excuse like mm-hmm. oh no i'm in this long-term relationship yeah we might get married or oh no I'm, li- I'm living here i'm saving for a mortgage or whatever it was yeah. i have a full time job because i'd been in and out of freelance whereas now i was fully freelance yeah fully single, mm-hmm. fully renting. <laughs> and I kind of had no reason to say no. So I was like, "Oh, I, sp- I suppose I
1: will like for a bit yeah. and see how it goes. But it's still such a big thing. Cause like I'd say, like I wouldn't describe you as a homebody, but like you were like a Dublin gal. I know you're from Kildare, but you know what I mean? <laughs> as in like you were living in town, you were like. I would always have described know? myself as
2: a homebody. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like I like a nice holiday, Yeah. right? Not not backpacking Like I like to go to A nice hotel And just like Stay in a nice hotel And you know, or, you not, know. not a boot camp In
1: Ibiza though Not Jesus no. no We'll never do that again No That's a different day story <laughs> Oh god um, We did yeah. a boot camp In Ibiza Miriam, oh, Miriam like... Or Rosemary and I And it was like It was hideous <laughs> I mean I beat Actually that. Rosemary Is this where your Maternal instinct kicked in Because you basically Had to like Talk me off several <laughs> <laughs> Ledges The one day She actually was like Do you want to watch a movie And I was like Yes And she was like Will we watch burlesque And I was like Yes <laughs> And I think you were even like stroking my head. We went to basically a
2: week long fat camp, like, (sighs) but like for it was terrible for basically thin people who want to be thinner. You know what I mean? Like, like a lot of kind of um, city types go to it to like lose the extra ten pounds pounds or whatever. It was. It was. Thank God.
1: Um, And and I I I assumed it was, but you know what? Like, I was so kind of warped leaving there, thinking and so grateful for like my eleven pound weight loss, and that like. Even afterwards, I was like, "It was amazing," and it's only now that I'm like, "Oh my god, that was insane and so wrong."
0: But the reason you go to Ibiza is to like party and yeah, no, this was funny. this was not, not, not yeah. enjoyable.
2: Yeah, but I'm, you know what? I feel like it was a totally, this is a totally different conversation now, but it was a totally yeah. different world. That was, what, 10 years ago? M- maybe not, five years yeah. ago. Yeah, It was a totally different no, world so in right. terms of
1: diet culture, body positivity something. and yeah. diet culture. And we didn't think about it. Yeah. We were
2: just like, thank God for the chance to lose weight. It I wasn't know. like you were giving me an eating disorder. Yeah. Because I actually God. had started, I, I'd started weightlifting about a year and a half before that. So when I went there, I was the fittest I've ever been in my life. And probably the lowest weight. Mm. And I came back and I steadily put on weight and started exercising less. I stopped enjoying anything yeah. and I started hating my body yeah. again. And
0: When you left, I mean, you were doing it for yourself, obviously, and you were freelance. But you had like fans and followers here. You have big Instagram following who were kind of shocked. You know, they were like, you know, you were based here you on mm. our time zone. Yeah, and yeah. suddenly you were like going to, an, uh, you know, another another land North America yeah, yeah, yeah going <laughs> to
2: the new world yeah um w- w- well what people said to me most was that they're really going to miss me documenting all my food because I just ate out a lot I oh yeah I, I still eat out a lot but there's not as many it's not as many choices in mm-hmm. Fort Wayne but um it was actually you know what like that was kind of a part of it that was a bit of a draw because I was like i had been working as a social influencer here for a little bit and then I gave that up when I was writing full time and then I was yeah. working in journalism I was kind of like flitting about doing different freelancing bits um But the idea of going to somewhere where nobody knew me was actually really nice. Mm -hmm. Um, Not necessarily because I wanted to, I mean, like as a kid, I think I would have always, like every year going back to school, I wanted to reinvent myself. (laughs) It wasn't that I wanted to reinvent myself. I just was like, I kind of want to just get away from I went through a period of being a bit paranoid and I walk down the street and I'd be like, Oh, does somebody does that person know me? Does that person know me? Does that yeah. person look at me? But I me feel Instagram.
1: like there's such a sense of ownership over influencers. Oh and there is. We you yeah. were yeah. tormented with like writing back to people and even when you'd get DMs you're like, Oh now I just have to respond to this person, I'd be like, Why? Like just ign- obviously this is why I have no social following I will <laughs> never be an influencer. Um, but yeah, like there was definitely there was a sense of ownership over your time and your ideas and, you know, I suppose it's quite freeing to just move away from that completely and not have to, to deal with that.
2: Yeah. But I mean, actually moving away didn't mean I didn't have to deal with that. I just stopped posting as much. True. And like I went through, I mean, I post probably more now than I have in the last, like since I had the baby, I'm like, look at the baby. Mm, yeah. But before that, I think there, there would be weeks where I didn't really post at all. Or I'd post, I'd post the odd link or I'd yeah. share something I was doing work wise, but I didn't really, cause I, you know, five years ago, six years ago, I would have documented my everyday life. Whereas now, I don't want really to do that anymore and that's been more freeing. Mm-hmm. But uh, but on the writing back to people, I think it's just not to be too, like, epray love about it, but I feel like if someone's going to go out of their way to send me a message like a like a, like a nice message yeah. mm-hmm. or you know a thoughtful critique or whatever I'll write back to them because I'm like you took the time I'll take the time
0: mm-hmm. and like it is appreciated you know when you do I don't know if you do it yourselves but when, when you do generally want to respond to someone who you you know look up to and value their opinion and um, it's, it's very nice to get that response oh god I
2: wrote to Busy Phillips twice now embarrassing Did she never lied. went back no she never wrote back to me and I'm still like, like I'd love her to write back to me Why I, I feel I like you and Busy could be friends yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't know. She cries a lot on Instagram. I really cried to Instagram once. selfies Once. I did one <laughs> crying <laughs> selfie ever. Once. <laughs> uh,
1: and I will never let you live it down. No, so. no, um, we will. So anyway, going back to, I suppose, why we originally just asked you on to the podcast. You know, you left, you were single, you were kind of moving with like a vague idea of going to do like a year or two or maybe even three years in America, like. Mm -hmm. did you want a baby at that point like was that something in the kind of like five-year plan even though I suppose you had very kind of publicly denounced parenthood before (laughs) (laughs) so okay so
2: two things when I went to America I was what age am I I 37 I was 35 when I moved and I had in the previous couple of years kind of come around to the idea that maybe I would like to have a baby. Mm-hmm. More because, I think it goes back to the not liking travel, right? Mm-hmm. It's was always like, what am I gonna do with my life if I don't have a baby? I don't really wanna travel the world.
0: Mm-hmm. I
2: mean, I like reading, but like, mm. you know, when I'm when I'm a bit older, what am I gonna do if I don't have a family? Like that yeah. was kind of in my yeah. head as well. Yeah. But I also, I had been told in my 20s, I had my uh, my um, egg count tested my uh, AMH. AMH, yes yeah. so I was gonna say RMH, AMH. And I've been told that they're really low, and that if I wanted to have children, I should look into freezing my eggs, and I should, you know, I would probably need to go on Clomid, and I might need to, you know, do all these different things mm. to aid my fertility. So I had it in my head that it would be very difficult, and so even though I was thinking I would quite like to have a baby, I was also going it might not happen, right? Mm. And I think actually when I got my, before I got my eggs tested, this is now telling the story completely backwards, but before I got mm. my my uh, egg can tested. I had always assumed I didn't want to have kids only because I just never really cared about kids. Yeah. And I blame my mom for this. My mom is the most child-obsessed person. She will walk into, like, she'll see a buggy and she'll literally, like, crane her head
1: around like a giraffe to see what the... But do you not see feel like baby since having a baby, a lot of... Irish women are like that. I was gonna say, ones, I you haven't know what noticed because, I mean. m- have like, I feel like when you go to the supermarket
0: you're, with a tiny baby, you are just like accosted from all See, angles. I,
2: I haven't have had them out that much here or in America because okay. a lot of the time if I haven't gone to supermarket either
0: um, in Ireland because it was COVID. Okay. COVID, oh, COVID times. times yeah, yeah. yeah. but um, I, I just like I was like you. I just didn't really. I was. I didn't feel maternal at all like I was just kind of like me too yeah yeah Uh, but there was that time I don't know was it the age thing I wasn't thinking about the uh, biological clock but I did think I actually do want to have a baby yeah and um like it wasn't a a yearning you know it wasn't this huge desire to become a mother but I was just like yeah I want one I think and that it would be a part of a part of my life that I you know would enjoy it yeah, is yeah. so
1: weird because I'm like that as well. like I'm not maternal in that like I've never really like liked quote unquote children like I didn't like playing with dolls when I was a kid like I liked Barbies but oh, I, I didn't like Bar- babies Barbies. you yeah. know people were like do you want to play babies or mom and dads?" I'm like no let's like pretend Barbies like you know doing my Barbies were whores yeah. no once I found out about the birds and the bees Barbie was definitely doing <laughs> way more than she'd ever done before um, and I was obsessed with teen pregnancies of Barbie after I knew About sex. Oh, yeah. Like, as in, Barbie would always get pregnant, and it was. No, I I understood what you meant there. (laughs) (laughs) So, Barbie, yeah, Um, and yeah, but then I don't know. I kind of, even though I've never been like overly maternal. I just never contemplated not having kids which I don't know what even that's obviously just I'm such a sheep
0: you know yeah I think it was in the back of my mind as well actually just being kind of assuming that that is going that was going to be the path like when I got married to my husband and it wasn't until four years later we'd been together for way too long I can't even (laughs) think um and then we were just like yeah baby time and it was the right time and we're lucky that it was easy for us yeah yeah um because i know that it's not and i don't also i don't want to be flipping about. it. i don't want to you know say we decided to ha-, i'd said yeah want to have one and, and then, then we said let's it. go for it and yeah. then all of a sudden it happened you know because it's obviously not that easy for so many people mm-hmm. um but yeah i just i do find it funny that you there is a kind of a, a switch or maybe for some people it's like a dimmer switch you know that sort of mm. go, you turn up and up and up, up yeah whereas
2: mine was a on off was it but actually so actually what i was going to say was when i had my egg count that was when i suddenly went oh my god maybe i do want kids and i mm. up until then i'd been very much and, and and i'd written written about i'd done a youtube video about like no i don't want kids to stop asking me mm-hmm. and also like even all along i always said people like people would say to you oh you'll change your mind and i'm like maybe i will but like i'm also still allowed to say i don't think i want it now yeah. you know yeah, what i mean yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah like i can say i don't think i'll ever get into mountain climbing right and if in 10 years I start mountain climbing no one's going to come back to me and be like
1: told you so (laughs) weirdly with
2: you though I feel like in 10 years you could do you know what I mean no 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 I've always been very against you know what if if my partner or anyone I know was like I'm going to go and climb Everest I I honestly think if you go and climb Everest you just do not care about your family for me it was being told that I might not be able to that suddenly made me go oh my god like I don't want the choice to be taken away from me Mm. and I started to talk and think about it with my ex now he was a bit younger than me and I think when I started talking to to him about it, he was very much like, oh, I don't think, you know, I don't think I want. And, and we'd always said we wouldn't have kids.
1: And I suppose, yeah, when you guys met, like you were at that stage where you said, I don't want kids. Yes. So like that was kind of, I suppose, in the background.
2: Yeah. And then once I decided I did, I was like, oh, well, he's young, he'll come around. Uh, like mm. I was then the person I was giving out about, gonna, he'll change his mind. Yeah. Um, but we ended up breaking up. So by the time I met Brandon and I moved over to the US, I was not like, mad to have a baby Mm. but I was in my head thinking I'm much more open to it but the other thing is Brandon had had a previous marriage because he's in the midwest actually when I joined (laughs) tinder in the midwest every single person I saw in my age group was like divorced divorced and had kids or divorced without kids because they all get something. married they in all their get married yeah. like 21, the 22. first one yeah. their
0: starter marriage
2: yeah and like when I tried to join like mommy and me groups or like tried to look for moms they were all like I'm 21 and I have two kids or I'm 23 and I have two kids like it's it's
1: so it's wild it's so different mm. but um I do watch teen mom so I'm oh so you know yeah I do know Are you know.
0: still obsessed with teen moms I'm I'm like I'm obsessed with reality in general. You
1: know me. I'm like I even watch Siesta Key sometimes, which is absolutely atrocious. Don't watch it. I don't even know what that is. Yeah, it's an MTV. I'm don't like, do I don't even song. know. It's what like that when I've run out of all the housewives. I'm like, right, go on, Siesta Key. But like, I'm not too good for. It. I'm watching Bling Empire, so it's so it's oh, not yeah. a a standards yeah. thing. Yeah.
2: But um, Brandon has was married before, and he has two kids from a previous marriage. So in a way, and I don't mean this to sound too like mercenary, I did kind of think that's handy now. Like (laughs) he has a family. family. You know what I mean? But I was like, okay, well at least if I can't have kids, we have kids. You know what I mean? Like, well, I'll have kids in my life and I'll have a family. Mm -hmm. Um and then so we got it we started talking about like whether or not we'd have kids. And he was very open to the idea, but also weirdly, because he's Midwestern, was like, Oh, I just feel like I'm a bit old to have a baby. You know know Brandon, like he 35? was 32 when we met <gasps> and now he's 35. Oh. Yeah. So like he was very much like, Oh, I don't know if I'm like past it. Like I don't want to be an old dad. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, No, no, you're not. You're grand. Like, yeah. You're you're fine. And and he also was worried about me that he was like, you know, you're getting older. And I was like, sure. I am in my prime. <laughs> yeah, be quiet. Um, but we so we were dating for about a year and a half. Half of that had been um totally long distance, mm. and I'd been over there for maybe a month and then back home. And then the second half, obviously I was in the US and then we got engaged on New Year's Eve. And I always hate, I was hate when people get engaged on New Year's Eve. We got engaged on New Year's Eve. He doesn't know yeah. that about me, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> got engaged on New Year's
1: Eve. You're American Rosemary you to, to Brandon. So I you're know.
2: like, I yeah. love New Year's Eve. But
1: like, to be fair,
2: I was sitting in the kitchen in the worst sweatpants you've ever seen. I say sweatpants now. In the worst Oh my God, yeah, we have to get onto your American. Tracks Go on. And uh, go on. he, I was doing a jigsaw and he came home from the gym or something. and. And went, oh, oh, there's a piece on the ground. And I was like, yes, because I was missing a piece. So I was, I was delighted. And then he was like here. And and then I looked over and I was like, where's the jigsaw piece? And I didn't even notice him there with the with the box in his hand. So it was not like a New Year's Eve
0: out celebrating. Yeah. You know what I mean? It just happened to be New Year's Eve. It happened
2: to be New Year's Eve. And then I had to go and get changed, put makeup on and everything. <laughs> so, so I could like FaceTime people. But we got engaged then. And, and we had in kind of, the, at the end of that year, we had kind of said, okay, let's maybe start, not trying, but we were like, let's start, let's stop trying not to get pregnant. Yeah. So we stopped using any kind of contraception. Yeah. Um, and I was kind of like, I was always using that one of those period tracker apps. Mm. So I had a vague idea of when I was ovulating, mm-hmm. but but like when I was ovulating, I wasn't like, come on. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? I was just like, you know, if it happens, holy God sends a baby, it'll happen. <laughs> and literally the first time that we, I mean, TMI, sorry mom. The first time that we had sex during a period where I was ovulating, I got pregnant.
1: Which is so lucky.
2: Which is so lucky, but I was also raging because I was like, I've spent the last eight years convinced that I wouldn't be able to have kids. Yeah. Because I have so few eggs. Even though some people were like, well, it only takes one egg. And I was like, well, maybe I haven't even got the
1: egg. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: But it turns out it did have the egg. Yeah. A
1: little
0: miracle. (laughs) (laughs) The miracle boy atlas arrived. Um,
1: But I remember, I remember you texting me when you found out you were pregnant oh it was probably two seconds after I found out you did I was about to say like, I feel like I've been like I obviously wasn't there when you were having sex conceiving him <laughs> but I feel like I've been there for every single step since um, but I think you just done a pregnancy test and you were like oh no I think you just peed on the stick and you were like I'm waiting for my pregnancy test results and I was like okay <laughs> <laughs> um and I was pregnant at the time and I was like that's probably what I was like, you know, just like sitting there on my phone being like, and what? What's happening <laughs> now? Um and yeah, and like you were really lucky. It was a really easy quote unquote. Obviously, no pregnancy is easy, but like, you know, everything went to plan and, oh and you Oh god. Were able and to I like, still complain you know, nonstop. I complained nonstop
0: throughout that. But what, what was it like for the maternity care over in the where you were in the States?
2: So we got married then in the March we had got engaged on New Year's Eve. We got married in March in the courthouse downtown because in order to get on Brandon's insurance, we had to be married. Mm-hmm. So the maternity care was really good because we had good insurance. Okay. You yeah. know and what I mean? And that's what it's all about over there, isn't so it? So we had like a $6,000 deductible and that covered, basically we paid up to $6,000 on the kind of uh, neonatal care and all that and um, maternity mm-hmm. care and all my visits and then including the birth but in the end and we'll probably get onto that the birth ended up costing us over six figures
1: which is sorry not costing us it ended up costing us but it
2: was covered by the insurance
1: yeah because even like six thousand dollars it's like a lot of money do you know what I mean like here if you don't want to pay like I had both my kids in the domino scheme and it was completely free yeah like I didn't pay one euro Oh, like neither did I because I
0: I went public and I mean, I didn't do Domino, but I had midwife lead and it Mm, was perfect. mm. And yeah, I mean, again, again, I was lucky because so I was 35 when I was pregnant and I was convinced that I was going to get comments from like every medical member of staff there that I was geriatric and not one person said it. Like I said it to the the nurse in my booking appointment and I was just like, so I suppose, you know, because I'm old. And she's just like, what? (laughs) No, you know, you are in, in good health and, you know, you." You look fine, so and everything seems to be fine, so no, yeah. and they didn't, didn't say it. Yeah, but I didn't get like? the comment
2: either. And I was, and I was, yeah. was thirty six. The only thing w- that I did get was everybody assumed everybody was like, "You're going to get uh, gestational diabetes because I'm fat, right?" So like the whole time they were like, "Yeah, you know when you're heavier." And there were a few comments about like, like I didn't gain any weight for about the first. I think I was texting yeah, you about you this were for the first four that. months as well, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Now I was, <laughs> I was heavy to start with. You know what I mean? So like there was plenty of room in there, but I was like, oh my God, like what if the baby's not growing, blah, blah, blah. And I remember going to my doctor, she was like, no, no, it's fine because like when you're heavy to begin with, we don't want you gaining too much weight because then then you've got more to lose at the end. I was kind of going, do I, like who cares if I don't don't lose the weight? You know what I mean? But that's the reasoning. Well, that's what she said. But I mean, it actually, like I think people just, It happens totally different like by the time i was six months pregnant i had a really big bump but i'd only put on 10 pounds now it's not that i'd only put on the difference between my weight when i started and 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 then was Mm only 10 pounds and like probably like i could have actually lost weight in terms of i was eating basically solely mcdonald's (laughs) which like it doesn't necessarily make you lose weight but it's not very nutritionally rounded so i could have ended up eating less than i was before because i wasn't eating a great variety of stuff Mm -hmm. so maybe i would have lost weight anyway
1: even if I wasn't pregnant, you but know I've, what I mean? But I just think everyone's body responds differently. Oh, totally like different, I've put yeah. on, like I definitely tried to be quote unquote healthier for my second pregnancy and I was eating like more like salmon and greens and whatever, because I was trying to like, you know, amp nourish up the, the baby. Yeah. And yeah. um, mm-hmm. whereas I did genuinely live off white bread toast for most of my pregnancy with Isabel. And... Um, but it made no difference. I put on four stone in both pregnancies.
0: But you hear about that, you know, with them um, sufferers of hyperemesis Oh yeah. Um, oh, yeah. who basically, if you have a so bad, like so many women can't eat anything yeah. at all. Yeah. And then they of course are worried about um, how they can provide for the child, mm. you know, growing. And you do, you know, the woman's body is able well, to do eat that. Well, they shit out of you. That's yeah, actually basically. what I was gonna say. Yeah. That's,
2: that's what my doctor said to me. She was like, don't worry. Like any nutrients the baby takes, the, like they will sorry any nutrients the baby needs they will take at the expense of you yeah mm. so like you might end up with like the most brittle like your nails are falling off <laughs> and you feel like absolute crap and the baby's thriving inside yeah exactly. because it's taking everything yeah so she was basically like don't worry about it i remember but I Middleton
0: saying that not to me you know just in, the <laughs> in general my friend kate called yeah. me <laughs> on evoke.ie. yeah
2: but <laughs> after i'd given birth i think three weeks later i was the same way that i was before i so th- so then I got to say, like, I didn't put it on anyway, but like, I was 16 and a half stone starting and 16 and a half stone finishing. So it wasn't yeah. like the great yeah. triumph that one might imagine. <laughs> <you know laughs> I mean?
1: But that also is problematic in a different way. And obviously, like, that's something we've talked about as well of like this idea of like the bouncing back, the bouncing back uh, yeah. or the yeah. bounce back um, that you're supposed to kind of have like some sort of like trophy figure at the end
0: of it to be yeah. like,
1: I've all got, I've or got even, this or and, even that you know, you're supposed
0: to care about it and to be yeah. in the middle of like trying to feed a baby and you know battle through sleep deprivation that you're supposed to be like oh better go out for like a long walk tomorrow so i can see
1: i weirdly think you're like
0: people pretend that they don't care and mm-hmm. that's the actual thing that's the thing it's that like, like oh you it fell yeah.
1: off me and i just yeah. feel so amazing yeah. and i'm doing my pilates and, yeah. and like you're what literally they're actually setting their alarms 5 30 yes. a.m yes. 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 yes whereas i was um, in a rage
2: because i was like i actually did quote unquote bounce back and like because i didn't bounce back to being quote unquote thin you mm. know what I mean mm-hmm. like, yeah like, nobody's yeah. congratulating me
0: <laughs> like, <it's so laughs> no but it is it is
1: one of those weird things where like you know good girl yourself that's that mm. that's that kind of mentality of like if you lose baby weight like good girl yourself well
0: I got like I got loads of comments after I had baby because I did Quite easily look this kind of similar from yeah, what before yeah. I mm-hmm. was like uh, my body had changed for sure, but I was still you know, I looked thin, like the but same size, petite. yeah, yeah, because yeah, 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 I am yeah, small, yeah. Pers- yeah. that's just yeah, natural just your makeup, yeah. And it kind of bothered me, it was just like, why? I mean, I would have preferred for them not to comment on the way I was looking, you know. I would just prefer nobody to ever talk
2: about my body, mm-hmm. yeah, like ever. unless I open the door, like just, just imagine there's a wall up and there's a door in it, and occasionally I might open it and go, Do you think I've put on weight, or do you think I should? lose weight or do you think these jeans look bad on me? And Mm. that's the moment that you can say, yes I do think they look bad on you or why don't you try a flare you know to <laughs> to, to like you know balance out your hips or y- whatever y- leg. Yeah. yeah yeah but like otherwise imagine that door is closed yeah. and we do not talk about my body or your body or even's body mm-hmm. yeah do you know what I mean
0: yeah, yeah. it's really really annoying. Unless, unless you want to like unless you bring yeah. it up unless you open the door but
1: I suppose that's the other weird thing of like obviously I feel like when you are pregnant whether you're in the public eye as an influencer or not like there is a sense of ownership public ownership over your body with random people commenting or your family commenting but like for you being pregnant in the public eye like obviously sorry i know you're not like the president but you know you were public you're visible you would obviously spoken about not wanting to have a baby before and then all of a sudden you're pregnant and having a baby like what was the reaction Mm. well i mean just to
2: caveat all that right by saying i've chosen i'm very much like i'm not in the public eye if i don't want to be like i live in indiana in fort wayne the middle i live in the leitrim of america is it the leitrim of america Pretty much.
1: Okay. So I like shouldn't even know January why I'm a so map? shocked that. No, oh my god! Did, you, even, know did that you know, that much know about, about Fort Wayne before <laughs> <laughs> Rosemary moved? No, I did know about in- Indiana from Teen Mom. <laughs> okay. Teen
2: oh. Mom Two. What about Parks and Rec? That's in Indiana as well. Oh, oh Indiana. In Indiana! I, do mm-hmm. know Parks I actually Rec, have yeah. cousins
0: in Indiana.
1: Oh, and uh, well, Stranger Things. We, we've put Indiana on the map. Yes, yeah.
2: Stranger Things is
1: based um, in Indiana as well. But go So you could be totally anonymous if you want. Yeah,
2: I could be. So I mean, I just want to say that my kind of being public isn't a case of like. You know, I have pictures taken of me. I take my own pictures mm-hmm. right so I'm taking pictures and posting them online um yeah, I mean look, because I did do kind of like a uh, an about face about it, but I think probably in the months before, in the years before, I had said that I would na- that I was now much more open to having kids. I think when I spent more time with my sister's kids, I was suddenly kind of going, oh, maybe I would like a family. So the odd time I would have done a Q&A on Instagram or something and somebody would have asked me and I'd go, no, actually I am open to having kids now. So mm-hmm. somehow I'd kind of softened the shock, if you mm-hmm. know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually have since shared the YouTube video I did where I was like, "No, I don't want kids," and I'm like, "Law this age badly," um, <laughs> <laughs> but like, like nobody really gave me shit about it. Yeah. Yeah. Can I curse? Sorry, I've never yeah. cursed several well, times. It's, it's fine. fine. Um, yeah. Like. Nobody really said anything about, it. like, you know, people would be like, oh, I thought you didn't want kids. And then I'd go, oh, well, I do now. I changed my mind. yeah, yeah. I
0: ch- Oh, well, like, oops, I forgot. Like, now I have one. Well, maybe it's because, like, actually other people have gone through that, you know, uh, at some stage, I'm sure there are many people who are convinced that they just don't want them ever yeah and then decide later on that they do. Or maybe opposite, that people had wanted kids yeah, and yeah. then they come to a state in their life when they're like, I'm, my, my life is actually quite good now. And. I am okay not having kids. Yeah, yeah. So I think maybe, I don't know, is it a modern world that we're all supposed to, like, kind of accepting?
1: I don't know. I actually do think that it's harder for married couples who decide they don't want children, which is a societal pressure. And it's, you know, it's, it's basically, I think there's an assumption that if you don't get married, that you're kind of like, choosing an alternative life which is ridiculous yeah. even if you know you're in a long-term relationship yeah. but that if you do get married that the next step is to have a baby yeah. and i feel like there's so many people when they do get yeah. married like people will then be like so you're gonna you know when are you starting your family yeah, so like yeah. i think for it to be a married couple and to be like no this is this is it now like yeah. we don't want anything and else i mean
2: i even think once you have one kid i think a lot of people are then like oh are you gonna you're go for another? another you're yeah. gonna have another yeah like yeah i do get I that like much, yeah. but i do to my friends as well i'm yeah. like would you not have another <laughs> just because i'm now like mad for a baby I'm like John, come on, have another. Sorry, have another, have another have baby, another baby Uh We so Brandon is very against it. Well, he already has two. He has two. So like yeah, we yeah. basically have at the moment uh, an average of two kids because because we have the two boys mm-hmm. half the time, mm-hmm. and then we have Atlas obviously full time. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. actually, well, after he was born, I did say to Casey That's Brandon's ex-wife, I did say to her, like, do you think you could take the baby when do you take <laughs> Because sometimes you're like, it'd be nice to have a totally child-free oh God, period. We, a week on, a week off. I know, it'd be so nice. <laughs> yeah. um, we don't actually do a week on, we do like two, so they're with us Monday, Tuesday night and every other weekend. So right. we have seven nights okay. every two weeks, if you know okay. what I mean. Yeah. Um, so we've talked about it. Uh, he doesn't want to have another kid. No, like not that he doesn't want to, I think he, like, like he loves kids and he loves babies mm. so I think he would happily have loads of babies mm. but he's kind of going I don't know if we can afford it yeah mm. that's um, the reality yes. like. if we also have four kids even if we just have four kids half the time we have to get a, a uh, special car it yeah. has oh, to be yeah. like a minivan do you yeah. know what I mean we also with talking about going home to Ireland I'm like we would never really get home to Ireland with four mm. kids like unless we suddenly had, saw a vast boost in income which isn't really looking likely for either of us mm. do you know what I mean mm. so like I would like to have another baby, especially because I mean my reasoning obviously love my baby and now I'm like let's make another one. He's gorgeous <laughs> he, <laughs> he is right make cute. another gorgeous baby. But a big part of it is that I felt like I had a really traumatic birth or mm. I felt very traumatized by his birth and mm. a part of me is like I would love to get a chance to to like do over a with tonus. another baby. yeah, yeah mm. and but like even just to, yeah, just that I was so shocked by, by a lot of us that I'd love to get a chance to do it again and no. And I mean, obviously, there's going to be like variables that you can't predict. Mm-hmm. But I would love to do it again and be like, OK, I'm kind of ready for these things that I wasn't ready for.
1: So you know like I mean. yeah. that's so obviously we've gone off piece a little bit, but you were talking about the medical kind of side of of the pregnancy. So you mm-hmm. obviously had the insurance, but like, yeah, you were I suppose that's the, the one of the biggest difference if if you'd had your baby here, like having a baby in America, it's so medicalized well, and here I do feel like it's a lot more. Not, I'm not going to say holistic. holistic. I had all the drugs, but like, you I know mean, what I mean. Like, As in, like, there's not kind of. Uh, well, you were kind of offered a C-section when you didn't necessarily need it, quote unquote.
2: Well, I so, okay, so I would take I would take issue with that, um, because I feel great guilt about it, and I'm like, what so guilt I, about what? About having had a C-section. Why? So I feel like I justify it by going like I did need to have it. So that's it triggered me now. Sorry, Roswell. that's fine. Um... But I, I would kind of say, like, they have a lot of midwife-led schemes here. They do have them in the U.S. Mm. They're harder to find. Mm-hmm. So, it like, it is more like you go through the hospital system. But at the same time, every step of the way for me, it was like, you can choose what you want to have happen. You, you, like, you don't have to do this. You don't have to do that. Mm. You don't have to come in. You don't have to be induced. You don't have to do X, Y, Z. So what happened to me was I reached 40 weeks. I had been in um towards the end of, like, I think you do a lot more visits over there with, mm. your, with your OB than you do here. So... For the last, I think, two months or maybe the last month, you go in weekly. And so I had been in on the Wednesday or something and my blood pressure was starting to get really high and I was swelling quite a lot. So I had really swollen feet and hands and my blood pressure was getting high. So she was like, I'm not happy with this. I want to keep an eye on it. Come mm. in again on Monday. Mm. I was due on the Sunday. She's like, so if, so if nothing happens and, and like I wasn't even remotely dilated, it was, there was nothing coming out She's like or, or, or going in to be fair. <laughs> um, <laughs> so she was like, come in again on Monday and we'll, and we'll check it again. So I was due on the Sunday. I come in again on Monday. My blood pressure had, had raised even more. And she was like, I really don't like this. I'm, I." I i really don't like this i would like to bring you in and induce you tonight and i was all along going like i i didn't want to be induced i didn't want to have an epidural i wanted to you know see if i could go into labor naturally know, and all like, this kind of stuff same yeah or the t shirts um but i also had said like i had I'd written out a birth plan and the very top thing i'd said is i'm happy to do whatever is recommended to keep me and the baby healthy yeah yeah so when she was like your blood pressure is at a point that i don't like like I would like to induce you. I don't want to let this go any longer. And he was also measuring nine pounds at that point. Mm. Um. So she was like, he, like, it's not. He can't really get any bigger. And also, like, like the bigger he gets, the more complicated. Mm. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. So she was like, bring you inducey. So I obviously went out to the car park, had a big cry. Was like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to go in tonight. So I went into yeah. hospital that night. Um. I started. They started the process of inducing me with a uh, tech, which is like a suppository that they put in your vagina to soften your cervix. Oh, and I had that.
1: It's a, It's like a gel. Is yeah, it? yeah it I think so. so
2: so they put that in overnight and it didn't work as in I didn't start to dilate but I did start having really frequent contractions okay so not not like uh sore you mm. know like wasn't painful um but they were just coming really really closely back to back and and then they were like okay we don't like this <laughs> like this has done what it shouldn't have done and it's it's made your body think it's at a stage it's not at, but nothing's okay. ready so you're not dilated The baby so that's just one of the dropped, risks nothing's of this happened. Gel thing. I don't know. I, I, I think it was, a, ta- think it was a, a tablet. I'm not sure. Anyway, yeah. I didn't really pay attention. Mm-hmm. So then I didn't sleep at all that night. And Brandon was there asleep on the couch and I was raging I was literally <laughs> like every time he breathed, I wanted to murder him. Yeah. But I just lay there and I what, what was that? Oh, my God, I was reading Dune, the book because I was trying to read it before I watched the movie. And oh, my God, it's very long. Anyway, <laughs> so I was trying to read Dune. I was like wide awake. The next morning they decided to do something called a cook's catheter which is basically like um, they put a balloon inside your uh, uterus mm. and they fill it full of water. I've never heard of this before. Me either. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't think I don't think they redo it in Ireland. So they fill it full of water until it's five centimeters in diameter. Okay. And then they wait for it to pop out and then they know you're five centimeters. And so Ooh. it... Be- so, so basically because it's a balloon it kind of weighs you down you know what i mean so it pushes against your cervix so it's basically i think it mimics the the effect of the baby's head on the yeah. cervix. sorry I'm i made a really weird
1: face here because like i've had the internal examination of for them checking your how dilated you are and i never dilate so like i think that just sounds incredibly painful <laughs>
2: No it wasn't it,
1: Because basically
2: They put it in They put it in Through your cervix. It's a bit like Having the coil inserted You know what I mean Like it's not I, Like I find that A little bit uncomfortable But fine yeah. So they put it in Through your cervix And then they um, Inflate it okay. With the water And then and it, Can you feel it, it Then? Yeah No not really I mean it just feels like bit of a it feels like a like a light period cramp you know what i mean like like mm -hmm, nothing major mm -hmm. and then it weighs down on your cervix and it mimics the effect the baby's head would have if the baby had dropped which he hadn't right very disagreeable so then when it gets to five centimeters it pops out so i then had a catheter inserted which i actually loved i was like would happily have that my whole (laughs) life and never go to the bathroom (laughs) again what a waste of time um so i had that inserted the cook's catheter was in at one stage when they were checking if i was dilated my waters broke and then the cook's catheter popped out and they're like, okay, you're at five centimeters. So then they started the Pitocin. And another thing that I'd written on my birth plan was, if I get Pitocin, I want to have an epidural. Because I knew that once you got the Pitocin, everything could ratchet up really yeah. quickly and yeah. get really painful. Yeah. Yes, yes. That's what so I was like, about. okay, basically, if I'm getting Pitocin, I'll happily have the epidural. So they started the Pitocin and once things got to like, they were like, what are you at now, pain-wise? And I was like, seven, maybe seven, <laughs> ten. You know, going like, it's getting quite sore. Um, but it's weird, isn't it? Because it's not a constant pain.
1: So yeah. like, see, I've, I found it
2: hard to know when to go, like I'll have the epidural now because it would be like really painful for 20 seconds. See, this is why you go
1: away. It's all so different for everyone because yeah. my I've never naturally gone into labor, so I've always had to be induced, mm-hmm. well, sorry the two times, and had my well my waters broke themselves first with Isabel, and then with Theo, they were broken for me. And then I started having contractions, but I've never, my cervix will never dilate by itself. So I've always had to be, so I've never, I've always basically gone from zero to a hundred with okay. okay. labors. So like for me, contractions are just basically like back to back hell okay. until I got the epidural.
2: Okay, so these yeah. were still like, I was still having quite a gap between, like the contractions were painful mm. at this stage. Still having quite a gap. So at, at some stage I was then like, okay, I think I could have the epidural now. and. So the anaesthetist anaesthetist came in eighteen thousand dollar bill for her, and another and another seven and a half for the actual epidural. So they're separate. Wow. So thank you, National Maternity (laughs) Hospital. Yeah. Yeah. So she, she came in, did the epidural. I silently wept as it was happening because I was like just agony yeah Yeah. they're
0: like don't move and I was like oh my god when I was getting mine I was like literally so terrified that I would move and that I'd be paralyzed for life yeah that was like that's always been my fear whenever I I heard that that could happen when I was like a teenager (laughs) then I was
2: also like if that can happen surely they would like lay you on your stomach or something like I was sitting on the edge of the bed me too when they put it and I'm like surely if it's that if it's that dangerous they would like put you in a crank or something you know what I mean yeah like like put you in a something to hold you still anyway so I was but a like, bit comforted when by I was like having
0: like mine I um like so I put it off for ages like well I didn't did you put it off I, I felt like I put it off for ages just because I was just like oh, I don't know why Um, I wanted to see if I could oh yeah because I wanted to see if I could sit on the stool and bounce in the ball and stuff
1: when yeah I, I was all trying to prove something to, do, to myself when all I, yeah that's what 100%. I was doing and yeah. all
0: I wanted to actually do was lie down on the bed that's all I, I just wanted to do that anyway oh yeah because they say when you get the epidural, that's all you can do And I was like stuck when I just began to think that sounds really nice. I just want to lie down. And then I got the epidural. But my contractions were like quite close together at that stage. And that's why I was afraid I was going to be paralyzed by the epidural.
2: Um, I also had like like had written in my birth plan like I want to labor actively as much as possible. Literally did not get out of that bed from the minute (laughs) I got into it. Yeah. Like (laughs) like, the catheter I obviously got out to pee. But then then I
1: was like lying here. I'm happy. But that's the thing when you have the epidural. It's so nice. You can just like actually lie there and just get on so basically tonight,
2: yeah. well so basically once i got the epidural i then fell asleep and like <sighs> snoozed on yeah you're exhausted and yeah and my sister and my husband were there so so i had been a, i had been awake then for like about 30 hours by the time i got the epidural so then i kind of snoozed on and off for a couple of hours then things started ramping up but basically so at, at noon i was five centimeters the, the little balloon fell out and they were mm-hmm. like you're five centimeters at 8 p.m i was seven so the doctor came in and she was like, OK, you're seven centimetres. And I was like, is that all? And you know, they're checking you all the time. And you're like, what am I now? What am I now? Yeah. Am I nearly there? Am I near there? And so she was like, you're seven centimetres. And I was like, OK. And she said, look, what do you want to do? And I was like, well, what would you advise? And she said, well, and, and she had this really calming. She's like, well, we could wait until tomorrow morning. And we can, we can see how you are then. My concern would be that you won't have dilated anymore. And you won't be... Uh, able to sleep very well because I was kind of sleeping, you know, like I was f- kind of sleeping for twenty minutes, waking up and mm-hmm. whatever. She's like, "You'll be more exhausted. Your blood pressure is still rising. Now it's slowed down. You know, we've got it under control a little bit." And she's like, "But you know, I'm, I, you know, I'm worried that your blood pressure. Oh yeah, and also I you had make that me feel
1: very calm here. I'm like, me too. oh she's yeah, Very like, you calming. Should,
2: you, you should, should read bedtime stuff. You yes. should talk like that. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing was I had that strep thing. So, yeah. so you know oh, they test too. you for strep. Yeah, so me too. I, I had. Did you have the, the IV with penicillin? Yeah. Oh my God, agony. Did you find that agony? No. Oh my God, every time. So they had, like I have really shitty veins, right? And I told them when I got in, I was like, I have shitty veins, you're going to have to put it in my hand. And they were like, no, no, we'll try. And I was like, no. But anyways, so they ended up trying three different sites, eventually got it in. But the penicillin, every time that went in through the IV, it stung, and then it stung all around my body. It was like agony. Maybe you have a penicillin allergy Do you. Uh, No, they said it could sting, but I found it really, really painful. So I'd been having penicillin for basically over 24 hours at that point as well. So she was like look like you know your your body's going through a lot right now and she was like i would
1: i would like to do a c-section sorry you can meet your baby obviously me being like well you chose it like and i don't want to upset you at all but what i mean i suppose in that is that it's so different in america versus ireland in that they actually have that conversation with you and you you make the decision whereas i feel like in ireland you hear of emergency c-sections a lot because you're basically like well you have like I, i don't know again Not a doctor, don't, not speaking for the whole of the medical profession in Ireland, but anecdotally, from people Mm -hmm. I know who've ended up having emergency C sections, they'll let you go and go and go and go and go like two days not sleeping yeah epidural still going da da, da da yeah and then it's basically like we need to get the baby out now and then there's a rush to the emergency okay. c-section yeah, do you yeah, know yeah. what I mean yeah, so yeah, I suppose yeah yeah, yeah, yeah I got that's you that's the difference in that there was actually more of I suppose a bit of foresight into like what will we what we will make a plan now so we're not forced to do something yeah
2: yeah and I mean like I did 100% feel like it was my choice but then afterwards I think I felt like I should have been strong enough to go to carry on to the next day or to go another 20 you know because you hear about people being I was in labour for 72 hours and I'm like god I was in labour for 24 and then I was like give, I, I give up I quit but also like that is an insanely long amount of time oh I know and I we know. also
1: this is the whole thing again of this rhetoric and I was such a slave to it with my first labour of like I'm and I my thing and my workshops and all this kind of thing my body was born to do this therefore I should be able to do this and mm-hmm. if I don't there's something wrong with yeah. my body and there's something wrong with me yeah. and i well, failed. From yeah. my
0: point of view it's like if the medical people are saying do it then like trust them and do it and that's why we're so lucky now to be able to have epidurals and pain relief mm-hmm. and to go through it because you know in the past when we didn't have that there was a huge risk for the woman yeah, yeah, yeah. and the baby and yeah. now we just are able to go around that with
1: well I kind of signed up to the the natural way I see. know the I domino know scheme is that you do it all oh, yourself yeah. and yeah. you kind of like you don't choose to so I'd say <laughs> I'd say maybe there's maybe a black mark against my name in the domino book they might be like if she comes back she's not coming on the scheme and <laughs> um, because definitely for my second labor I knew it was ahead And when I saw it all Kind of going In the same way Of being induced And stuff I was like I want the epidural Now And my midwife was like I'm going to get you In the shower with lovely hot water And I was like To John I was like Tell her I want the epidural Like I just basically Was like This is ridiculous And did like, she I get don't... you In the shower With the lovely hot water No oh, I got I the epidural I think as well Like you know me Rosemary When I Kind of get that Tone of voice People oh, are just yeah. like give she her wants. what you want yeah yeah um so yeah no I
0: got the drill and then I was lovely again then I was being so polite um that's but <laughs> but your choice as well you know I mean I know yeah. that domino is yeah is the m- natural thing actually I didn't know that maybe that's why I didn't yeah. do but it but I
1: know what you mean it's it's like it's and I suppose as well you know it's even about like tearing it's like that's another thing as well like if you don't tear people are like oh didn't tear you know It's a, and it's yeah. basically like oh she you know she's great at having babies and yeah. if you don't yes. do everything yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of like that then you kind of feel like oh I'm I'm actually crap at that or like I'm I'm not supposed to do that or like I'm not designed for giving birth yeah and um, which obviously then you know isn't great when your hormones are all over the place anyway
2: yeah and there's also loads going through your head that you're like oh my god if I had done the yoga or if I mm. had like if I was if I wasn't as heavy starting out would it have been easier and if I Hadn't eaten so much McDonald's, or if I had, <laughs> you know, all this stuff, if i yeah. danced in the ball more, if I'd done my kegels, if i like, whatever, mm, all these mm. things that you're supposed to do, it's like, I would have been able. <clears throat> when actually, that's not. But anyway, they, so she wheels, like, I, I felt like it was about two minutes between when she said, okay, we're going to do the C section and when they, and, and I do think there's a bit of a rush on it that they go, let's just get her in there before she changes her mind. Mm-hmm. Like, or not before she changes her mind, but before she can panic. Yeah, you know yeah 100%. What I mean? yeah. yeah. So I got in. They ramped up the epidural, or like turned it into whatever. Could you magic. feel anything? No. Well, okay. you can feel tugging, Ooh. but like like I couldn't feel, it's kind of like having a tooth removed, you know what I mean? In okay. that you can feel the tooth yeah. being pulled out, but you can't feel any right. pain. So I lay down on the thing, and actually my main thing, and this might just be my Catholic upbringing, I just kept feeling like I was Christ on the cross, because they put your <laughs> arms out on these two tables, either side, so that they could monitor your pulse on, on, on one side, and like Brandon was holding my hand on the other, but I literally felt like Jesus. So I was lying there, they upped the thing, they go like can you feel this and they run a hand on your side and you're like no but also in my head i was like no i can't feel that but what if i can feel something
1: else you know what i mean you're like it's like when you're getting it's obviously not the same but you know when you're getting your eyelashes tinted and they're like close your <laughs> eyes and i'm like oh my god are my eyes closed no the dye is going into my eyeballs <laughs> but like my eyes have been closed the whole time
2: <laughs> I, I can honestly Slightly say different. i've never experienced that <laughs> but the whatever happened when the anesthetic got upped I started to shake really violently. So I had, like, apparently this is really common that a lot of people have, it, and a lot of people have it after, after the
0: epidural. Oh, but the I, adrenaline. Yeah. What so happened to me? Oh, yeah, did or it? S- Just, yeah, that Just flashback. Yeah. Like, oh, I started, like, actually <laughs> shaking. Yeah. Like, uncontrollably. Yeah. It was so weird. My like, Eddie was terrified. He thought I was, like, I don't
2: know. Yeah, Brandon was freaked. I think he yeah. thought that I was having, having seizures com- and convulsions. Yeah. yeah. So I started to shake really badly, and I started to shake really badly and clench my jaw, and I was really scared I was going to bite my tongue off. Like, like I distinctly remember this. Like as I was there going, Ugh. and my neck started getting really painful because it was kept seizing, it you mean know, from all the shaking. Mm. And I remember turning to the anesthetist, the and I had I had read there'll be nil by mouth after you start your or whatever. And I was like, can I have some ice <laughs> chips? And she was like, no, you can't have anything. And I was like. Not even some ice chips. <laughs> she was like, No, you can't have any ice chips. So I was imagining her just Why like Why did you do ice chips? Because my mouth suddenly completely dried out. Oh, okay. So I was like shaking, my mouth was completely fuzzy. I was like my neck was in agony. And I also thought it might give me something to concentrate on if I could just like mm-hmm. chew some little ice chips. Anyway. So I'm lying there. Apparently it took two hours. It felt like it took about five minutes. Two hours? It took It took ages for them to get him out. Okay. And I remember <gasps> her going, oh, he really doesn't want to come out. But well, it is like major surgery. Like they do have to like
1: go through and arrange so many the different actual organs. The
2: C-section operation took two hours for Between you. when, yeah. yeah. So so she said, let's have a C-section at eight. I think I went in at half eight and he was born at 20 past 10. And then obviously they would stitch you up and everything. So yeah. I was in there for two hours. Oh my God. So yeah, I, I, I remember them saying at one point, um, oh, he really doesn't want to come out. And I was like, fuck, oh, shut up. <laughs> I was still like shaking and going, just be quiet, get it over with. And uh, I had also written on my birth plan, right? Like, I don't want him to be bathed. I want him to stay in the vernix yeah, for as long as possible. It's good was, for him, blah, blah, yeah. blah. So they lifted him up over this blue curtain. You know, apparently now you can get clear curtains yeah. in like yes. a lot of hospitals. You can see what's going on, yeah. which actually I think I would quite like. I'm not sure if I would like it on me. Like, I would like to watch a C-section happening, but I'm not sure if I would like it to be my C-section. It's yeah. called like active abdominal, something birth like or that. Something, yeah, yeah. So uh, I think anyway. Like it. They, they pull out the baby eventually, reluctantly, like pull him kicking and screaming. Actually, he was completely silent, which totally freaked me out as well. And mm-hmm. they showed him to me over the curtain and I literally was like, what is, it was like a monster yeah, they're the creatures deep. Oh my God, he was like, what color was he? Gray, covered mm. in this white gunk? yeah I was literally like, take him away and wash him. Except <laughs> I wasn't saying anything because I was still <laughs> shaking and looking for ice. So I was like, Ugh, and they're like, look at your baby. I'm like, <laughs> And then, so so he wasn't making any noise and I was like, is he okay, is he okay? Like to Brandon. And then he like let out a screech and peed all over the nurses, so, so that was comforting. But then afterwards I kept shaking for about another hour, hour and a half after they'd stitched me up. And they took me out and they, and they put something in my IV to try and stop the shaking. But I remember right afterwards them saying uh, like, hey mama, and I'd also written in my birth plan nobody's to call me mama. but oh, really? everybody did. That's yeah, hilarious. I was like, I'd just like to be called by my name. And then everyone's like, hi, mom. And I'm like, hi. Oh. Um, so they said to me, you know, mom, do you want to hold your baby? And I remember I was shaking so violently I didn't want to because I was like, I was afraid I was going to fire him across mm. the room. You know yeah. what I mean? But he was in this little pod beside me, and I also couldn't really speak, so I was still shaking. And the only thing that would stop the shaking was drinking water through a straw. So every now and again, I'd be like, <laughs> and I'd stop shaking for a couple of seconds, and then I'd start again. But I remember. Lying there and feeling so bad about this little baby who was sitting in this pod on his own. And my sister was there and my husband, and obviously, so my sister didn't want to hold him before I did, because yeah. she was like, I don't want afterwards for you to be like, oh, you got to hold him for me. And like, my husband, I think, was a little bit the same. Yeah. And he was also still really worried about me. Mm. So he was standing there going, why is she still shaking? Like, why is nobody doing anything about this? But they were, it just was taking time. Yeah, But I feel like now when I think about it, I still feel like I'm going to burst, well, maybe I'm going to burst out crying. I feel really bad about the fact that he was there in this little pod on his own and nobody was holding him. Do you know what I mean? That he was like, he just came out of this little warm belly and then he's just lying there for about an hour. And like, like, like he was quiet. He wasn't screaming. He was just like. Shell shocked, I'd say.
1: But this is the thing, and like I'm not trying to just like make you feel better, but I do think at that stage, when they're so tiny, like they, they are just tiny little creatures. Like oh, they're, yeah. Not yeah, even, yeah. they're not even they're not even human yeah. yet, you yeah, know. Yeah. I mean he didn't um, like
2: like he, like he didn't have a clue. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. He's just like, I'm a blob who's moved from one blobby place to another yeah. blobby place. Mm-hmm. Like
1: And like weirdly with Isabel, when she was born, like I obviously held her and whatever, but then when they wrap them up in the blanket and put them in the little crib beside you, um, and i she was tongue tied and like breastfeeding just didn't happen naturally for us uh, at all and like they kept saying to me like are you feeding her every three hours and I was like yeah yeah and I wasn't like so I just basically left her for the night (laughs) beside me well she was born really late at night she was born at like 11 o'clock but like I literally left her in the thing because I just was a bit scared I was like she's not crying so I'll just leave her You know,
0: yeah, happy, happy. Yeah, she's just getting used to her new environment. So like you're
1: like getting emotional about that. I'm like, oh, I was very cold. and
2: (laughs) No, but I mean, I like I hadn't even held him at all at this point. So like, like in my birth plans, I was like immediate skin to skin. I know. And also I had said like that. I wanted to like to I wanted to delayed cord clamping, I wanted to donate his cord cells. I have no idea if that even happened Mm because I just was so I don't even know what was going on. And then so when I finally stopped shaking, they were like, here's your baby. And I was still like, what has just happened? What's going on? Oh, my God, a baby. And 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 they were like, do you want to try breastfeeding him? And my sister, right, was there, and she was like, I think she's, you know, I think she's okay. You just like give her a second. Yeah. So anyway, I I tried to breastfeed him, and he like I was just no idea what was going on. He kind of would like latch on for a second and then pop off mm. or whatever. And they went, would you, Would you like us to call one of the lactation consultants now in the hospitals in America? They have lactation consultants on call. Staff. That's on, amazing. On that's staff so all day, every good. day, and, and, and their our rate breastfeeding rates, rates here.
1: high in America. I think they're higher than
2: they are here. Yeah, well, they're terrible. Um, and terrible. They stop but sooner. Well, they stop sooner because they have to go back to work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, like most of them go back to work. I think like six weeks is like a really good maternity. Barbaric. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, so you go back really soon. Um, so they went. Would you like to speak to a lactation consultant? And Brandon goes, "Yes, please." And I was like, "What the fuck? Like I've just mm. come out of major surgery. I'm d- yeah. I don't even know what this is." On yeah. me. like. And and my sister was like, maybe just give her a minute. But at that point, they'd already called the lactation mm-hmm. consultant. So she comes up and she's like, okay, you want to do this and this and this. And I think I was just like, yeah, 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 yeah. Just like go and get out of the room. Just leave me alone. Like, uh, did you find it away. helpful? Uh, you know what? She was really nice. I had yeah. no idea what she said okay. to me. I didn't okay, know what was, it was going just on. Too much. After that, mm-hmm. I saw the lactation consultant kind of twice a day. And I was in the hospital for for five. Di- well, for so I was admitted on the Monday night. He was born the Tuesday night, and I went home on the Friday morning. Mm-hmm. So. I was there for like a decent stretch, and I probably I would have stayed longer to be honest. We had a private room. room. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. that's lovely. I think they only have private rooms over there. Oh yeah. But true no, was was like, a ward. Because because I think I think they have much more home births over there, obviously because the money as well. So mm. so if you're not mm. insured, what's the insurance thing? Yes. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. like if you're, like you're like, what are you going to do?
0: Yeah. If, if you're you know qualified for all this, they're going to give you you know the, the best. The best. Yeah. 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 Oh
2: my god, they had a full room service menu. Yeah. And you could order food like any time of day, and and like they'd come in and go like breakfast, you know, if you'd forgotten to order or whatever, you were asleep, they come in. And they go, sorry, do you want us to order you some breakfast? You could order full cooked breakfast.
1: Well, Snacks. I have to say now, I'm very partial to the tea and toast of the brown flakes. Oh, this in is it now.
2: And there was no toast. There Did was you not no get tea. tea. And toast oh. afterwards? No even. That's probably why you're shaking, Rosemary. <laughs> she didn't a oh, cup tea. tea. Oh, well, no. Well, like, no, I'm well, joking. Well, that was at like, <laughs> like 1 a.m., okay. but I mean, I wouldn't have. Had I wasn't a able toast. to eat my
0: my tea and toast after like, because I was still like I was still I think I was still shaky as well. And I was just I lost my appetite. And then Eddie ate it. Never in my life. life. No, my I lost <laughs> my appetite. toast. <laughs> oh,
1: did I, I told you though after Theo was born, because John had felt a bit faint, because um, he's not very he good. Got your tea and toast. He got his own
2: tea and toast. Oh well, Brandon got his own. I think the day after the baby was born, the husband gets that. the husband gets his own meal and you get like fake champagne. You get a little celebration Stop. couples' oh. meal. Yeah. So you can order like a three course meal. That's the special meal. And then after that, it's like order whatever. Okay. I, I was very fond of their chicken tenders, delicious. I was <laughs> obviously still eating healthy after I had the baby. Um, um, no,
1: yeah, the tea and toast came for two. No, sure, uh, sure, they don't do tea in America
2: and they barely yeah. do toast. That is They'll true, do toast too. in a restaurant yeah, but they're like, like, the like the weird you want sweet. rye and yeah. you're like, no, I want <laughs> like, oh my God, sorry, speaking of which, I went home to my mom's. I said to her what I want, I super quince sausages, mm-hmm. the frozen croissants from Aldi right? and some white sliced pan. Yeah. What did she have? Batch. i oh, yeah. like I'm partial to a slice of batch sometimes. No, you want the like but the, I want the
1: toasty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A, a nice square slice of yeah. bread. Yeah. yeah. Mm.
2: Well, it was oh, great Claire,
1: <laughs> two <laughs> and a half, half years. not provide.
2: provide for me. But um, yeah, we were in hospital then until the Friday morning. And like, so, so amazing things about the expense of hospital in America. Room service menu. My sister calls it the hotel. It mm. sounds a bit hotel like. Oh me, my god. Know, yeah. Very, the
0: fact that you've just been through that, the wards. It does sound like exactly where you need to be after having baby. Yeah. It was
2: actually. Yeah. It was. Re- you know what? I was just reading an article about um this. They've started doing this thing now. In I mean, in various different places, but. But if you have plastic surgery, they have uh, agreements with hotels. You can go and stay in the hotel for a month afterwards to recover, like if you're super rich. Yeah. So if you go for a facelift or something, they go and they have nurses on call in the hotel and you just go and you stay in a five-star hotel with your on-call nurse oh. for your recovery. So that was a little bit what, what uh, this was like. Mm-hmm. So I was there ordering from from my room, ser- room service menu. You can you, you could ring the bell at any stage to get more drugs, uh, including, I was on uh, Oxy <gasps> at that point. No, I've, I've been
1: reading Dope Sick. So I'm literally like reading all about the like oxycontin, I think I was on or oxycodone whatever, Codone,
2: or well I was on Percocet which is some kind of yeah. um, opiate anyway yeah. uh, so you can ring for more opiates you can ring to say can you take the baby from my chest and put him in the bassinet you can ring to say can you take the baby from the bassinet and put him in my chest obviously because it has because I'd had a c-section as well yeah now it's I was traumatized as well the next morning they came in took out my catheter I was like what are you doing give that back <laughs> yeah. they were like now nah, if you need to go to the bathroom just call the nurse and they'll walk you to the toilet and I was like excuse me walk me what do you mean i want to be carried a princess and placed on the (laughs) like i don't want to move it was agony like i was so shocked when i woke up and i was like i've literally had the worst surgery i could ever have imagined and you think i'm walking to the toilet but obviously i did i was hard and then i had to have a shower have a shower just just patch your incision i was like what excuse me but anyway so you could call them to to pick up the baby put down the baby pick up the baby again and you could send the baby to the nursery
0: yeah that's what i was gonna ask they do have a little like like, have the nursery so you can go and just like look at them so you other. go
2: and you, well, you're not really allowed to go look at the other babies. So oh. security is quite high and all the babies are like tagged. Yeah. They're tagged here as, yeah. as well. Yeah. So you can't take them out the doors or anything. And then you have to beep your thing to say, that's my baby. So the babies can't get mixed up. Okay. Now you yeah. wouldn't mixed up my beautiful baby with anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Like, but they actually
0: have the nursery. They have the nursery. Oh and, and when I first
2: went in, I was like, I'm not sending with to the nursery. My baby. I've wanted this well, baby for so long. Well, we used have nurseries back in the day, I think. Yeah. Didn't we? Yeah. Mount, Did we? Mount Carmel. Mount Carmel had a nursery. Somebody was Somebody was told me the other day was like, oh, I had my first baby in Mount Carmel. and That uh, was a bit hotel like, blow dry. Accounts. Yeah. But yeah. well, now they just they forced the baby to be my, beside my you. My friend's mum told
1: me that when she had her, my friend in Mount Carmel, that she was got a blow dry. So she went in or whatever one day, got a blow dry, and the, the nurses/slash nuns minded the baby and she went out for dinner with her husband and then checked back into the hospital. <laughs> oh, yeah. my God. Well, what? that sounds like a bit of a nightmare. Oh, I think that me. sounds amazing. Well, I'm well, sorry, I wouldn't actually want to go out for, for dinner,
2: but yeah, like yeah. a blow-dry oh, yeah, yeah. and, and someone mind the A blow-dry and mind lovely. the baby, fine, yeah. But, yeah. but like I just didn't want to leave the hospital. And yeah. even on the last day we left, I was terrified. But yeah, so they took the baby to the nursery. And like when I first got in, I was like, I don't want, like I'm going to look after my own baby. And then by about night two, I was like, ding, ding, can you take the baby? But also I was insane because I was on, so I was on opiates, I was on all these drugs. And I remember I woke up at about 3 a.m. and I had totally forgotten where the baby was. So I was like, oh, my God, where's my, oh, my God, where's my baby? And then I remembered he was in the nursery. Mm-hmm. But I was so frazzled that I didn't ring the nurse. I just hopped out of bed and went down to get him. Mm-hmm. So they must have been like, you're one. Like, I went, like, down like a <laughs> little penguin. I'm going to go, my baby I went in and I was like, I'm here for my baby. And see, they were very unused to the moms coming in because the nurses usually come in to get the babies. Okay. Yeah. So your one was like looking at me like, what is she doing here? Um. But yeah, I did end up sending him to the nursery, and that was nice. Just get a little nap. Yeah, Yeah. that's the
1: thing, though. It's like any little tiny sliver of like a break, relief, you can get in the first few days Mm -hmm. or first few hours are essential. Yeah, and Um,
2: and like I was actually because I think my mom was like, "Oh, you'd want to get home like quickly," and I was like, "I actually wouldn't," because I didn't have. And I know it's different as well. Like if say if it was my second baby and I had Atlas at home, it was one and a half. I probably would want to get home too. Yeah, but because I didn't have any other babies at home, like I was like, "I'm happy to stay here," and I also felt really safe knowing. Because it was one day that I thought he was choking, and it was f- it was just phlegm. Because as l- like, because as well in my head I was like, that's my fault from the C-section. Because if he'd been born, vaginally, oh, but they all do that. I know, yeah. I know. But I and had in my terrifying. head that his phlegm would have been squashed out by my vagina. Yeah, no, oh, they all do. You that. know that idea yeah. that the lungs yeah. get cleaned out, whereas mm-hmm. I was like, it's because I had to have the C-section. Oh, no. But he choked, like started choking one night, and I was like, oh my god! And she came and like squeezed it out of you know, like hoovered it out of his throat for me. Oh really? With oh with a little nose sucker. You oh, know, yeah, you yeah, just yeah, like yeah. sucked the it snot out. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I would um, not have been able to do that myself. Like, oh, I wouldn't do that. Like with a one or two day or three day or, no. or actually month old. Oh my god, I was or, I was terrified so I'm still of them. I've of never done the um the sucker snot sucker thing. I
2: tried yeah. the snot sucker once or twice, and it then I just ended work. up using a Q-tip to just like carefully a Q-tip a cotton bud Oh, there we <laughs> go. carefully do the, the American of the, the inside of the nostril. Um but yeah, I was so happy to be there knowing that the nurses were there all the time and they could look after him. Yeah. And actually, what's even better, so they had a pediatrician come in and there was another foreground uh, every day to check on him. So like the pediatrician would do his rounds or her rounds and would come in and go like, you know, how are you getting on? Just have a look at him and have a look at his hips and all this. And he did his first, he did his meconium poo in that gloved hand of the pediatrician. Oh, it was oh.
1: perfect. <laughs> I didn't even have to deal with it. I was like, <laughs> I was lying in bed going, great. Um, that's crazy. So I'm not crazy, but like, it's amazing the level of care and attention and whatever else you get. I was very, and comfort. Um, well, yeah like I, I I wanted to get out of the hospital as soon as possible but I think that's definitely because I wasn't in a five-star hotel right? yeah do you know what I mean I was in like a public ward with like seven other women or whatever oh god yeah, yeah. I mean I didn't yeah. even like seeing other women in the hall because yeah. I had to go out and
2: do my walk they were like go out and do it like a five-minute walk four times a day which yeah. was horrifying as well I was like yeah. a five-minute walk on my feet <laughs> and I had to go out and do my walk I didn't even like seeing other people then yeah I'd be like eyes lowered don't look at
1: me but it says like now you're like well into motherhood. How different is life with a baby? Because obviously you had your stepkids before yeah, you had Atlas. Yeah. But like is it anything like you expected? Um, Better or worse?
2: Yes and no. You know this whole thing about like nap when the baby naps, right? I really thought there'd be more kind of downtime. Mm-hmm, like yeah. I thought there'd be more like cozy, cuddly in the bubble time. Whereas, and it's also my fault. Like so I didn't. I'm a, I'm a freelance writer and I write a newsletter for subscribers and I also do a podcast and we took one month off the podcast mm-hmm. but I didn't take any time off writing because I can't really because I have subscribers who pay every month you know what I mean yeah so I didn't get maternity leave so to speak and I, and I also was working on finishing my book which I mm. just sent in last week oh, did but you but oh, amazing yes. but it was all just kind of bad timing from a work point of yeah view. so basically when he naps I try to work mm-hmm. so I definitely thought there would be more like oh we're lying down and we're cuddling and the sun is streaming in the
1: window and well, like baby that is and I'm really so hard happy. that you're working yeah. with a tiny tiny baby
2: yeah, and I, I mean, actually, I had been doing a few kind of Instagram, like I used to be a social influencer and then I stopped doing ads completely. And mm. then in the months coming up to his birth, I got asked to do a few different things. And I was like, you know what, I'm having a baby, I need the money. Yeah. yeah, I'll do them. And I actually ended up uploading one ad from the hospital bed the morning so that on the Tuesday morning that he was born while I was being induced. I remember one of my friends texted me going, are you not in labor? Mm. And I was like, yeah, but I promised I'd get this up today. Mm. So I have to get it up. Um, yeah. So I was back. I think I wrote, I started writing it on the Friday when I got home.
0: And were you like happy to do it? Because obviously that's your p- profession, but presumably you actually like doing it too, I mean, or did it feel like just like obligation at that stage?
2: A bit of both like I like doing it but like you could say that to a doctor like you like yeah. being a doctor yeah. but you'd still yeah. like, was it you still like I would have loved to take six months off. Mm-hmm. Have you read back? I haven't read back anything actually I don't think yeah. anything was I mean I think I've always just been really honest and like mm. I try to always be really honest in my writing so anything I wrote would have been true to the moment if that makes sense. Yeah. But yeah mm-hmm. I definitely thought there would be more like cozy you know sitting by the fire cuddling the baby while he's asleep and there was just more like oh my god the baby's crying what's wrong with the baby will you Mm -hmm. hold the baby Mm -hmm. i need to pee there was also like after my c-section and i mean people talk about the post-birth poo a bit i had never heard someone talk about the post-c-section poo and like (laughs) honestly it was i didn't poo for about a week uh and then when i the the uh, basically I was only able to poo because my sister came over and held the baby and I was in the bathroom for two hours oh, because gosh. it was a case that I couldn't push because I kept being afraid I was going to burst my stitches so I was trying to like breathe out my poo the same way I thought I was going to breathe out my baby <laughs> this time I was breathing out my poo and and the only because basically when Brandon was there holding the baby I always felt like oh I should oh the baby wants to be fed I should go down whereas my sister's had four kids mm. and in a way I was like even if the baby's screaming she can deal with it yeah and, I, and I'm like I know Brandon can deal with it too but I kind of felt like Guilty that I was like Oh I should be helping him mm-hmm. Whereas with her somehow I was like She can handle it <laughs> yeah. She's fine So I just went to the bathroom And like was in there for two hours Breathing out my poo And it was Agony And so I the got first warned. week as well Yeah,
1: I got warned And that's why I was very Into my brand flakes I have to say For the first Oh my god I even th-
2: there was no brown fight that would have helped this. I was drinking so much water. I was taking laxatives. But also the other thing was that the opiates constipate you. Oh. So I stopped taking them after four days. So I was just then on the Panadol and yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever it yeah. is. That, yeah. You know, the kind of cocktail of ibuprofen and, and yeah. paracetamol. Which is the only take. thing you get here, by the way. I know, yeah. which is barbaric. Yeah. Um, but I mean, at the same time, we don't have an opiate problem in Ireland. So maybe it's actually yeah, at better. At the same time, yeah.
1: You can also get opiates over the counter here.
2: Can you? Oh. salbidine. codeine. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually just got some Neurofilm Plus the other day. I was like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> for, Look at for me. back
2: pain for no longer than three days. Rosemary. She didn't even ask me what it was for. Not. No, They've gone lax since oh. I left. I used to always say it was for migraines. Okay. I had my I had my my stick. <laughs> <Just> migraines <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Mine's yes, I Tried everything.
1: And I'm like they're like no longer than three days. I'm like yes, I'd like mm-hmm. the 24 pack, please. Yeah, yeah, same. <laughs> yeah. yeah 24. Just for the next time. Um, um, but yeah, I like so the
2: first. The first... So Brandon had taken... So this is the other thing. Brandon only gets five days holidays per year and got no no paternity leave. Five oh. days? Five just days holidays and no paternity leave. So he And, and, and he had already taken two of his holiday days. Obviously because this was in October, right? Yeah. So he had three holidays left. So he took three holiday days and two sick days. So he was off basically the whole week that I was in the hospital. Mm. And then the next week I was just on my own. So my sister took the next week off. So she was with me in the house for the week. And then the following week I was alone. So like when the baby was... He was kind of 13 days old... I was just in the house of my own
1: with like, a yeah. massive wound yeah. and, and, obviously a, and a massive baby. And not <laughs>
0: able to drive because of your- No, you can scar. drive.
2: Oh, you can? America, you can drive them in. And, and I think it's so that so that women can go back to work. Because even if you have oh, a C-section, maybe? you have to go back to work,
0: you know what I mean? Oh my God,
2: it's actually So what, you've like cruel. an unhealed wound and you're back at your desk? Well, basically, yes. Um, in America, you can drive once you're off the opiates. But I wonder as well if part of it's to do with the automatic cars. Because yeah. oh, I yeah. think the clutch does take a bit of core stability sure, yeah, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean that you don't have to do in an automatic car yeah. mm-hmm. so I wonder if that's a little bit to do with it but yeah you can you can drive straight I'm away, so happy you away. didn't
1: say driving stick I <laughs> oh thinking. I hate that <laughs> I hate that driving stick Ugh. that's really rude um <laughs> <laughs> prudish now um but yeah so day to day like how are you finding it how are you because like you work for yourself and you don't yeah. have childcare. no so, and like I, that's a, another huge barrier yeah i I mean i
2: have been thinking about there's a woman actually in my estate which we call an addition in my housing addition addition that's weird isn't it that's one i haven't heard of i know and when i moved over i was like what's an addition they're like oh it's like like a collection of houses i was like oh an estate Um, but there's a woman in my estate who does at home childcare and I actually messaged her and she said she has some spaces coming up in the summer and would be willing to do part time. Cause I was thinking of just dropping him in for like two afternoons a week so that I yeah. could work. Yeah. But the problem is like, like, well not the problem, but like right now he's so small, He, he, he right now he's so small he's not sitting up on his own mm. and he just wants to be held all the time. Mm. And I hate the idea of him being in childcare and not being able to be held if he wants to be held. I and know. obviously he can't be because there's more than one mm. child, you know mm, what I mean? Yeah so and but then i keep reminding myself i'm like if i was not on i'd still be on on maternity leave so i yeah. can give it to the nine months and yeah. see yeah. um but it is like i i find it i find it hard to get work done because when he goes down for a nap then i'm like okay i should work now but also there's a wash that needs to go to the dryer and there's this and there's that mm. and the dishwasher needs to be emptied you know all these like stupid kind of households yeah. everybody needs a wife i need a wife at home like
1: stay at home <laughs> wife oh my god somebody actually in here said that about being a working out of the home or I suppose in the home mother that like what you need is a wife yeah. oh yeah because you just need you need like uh, you need a household manager basically. Well, yeah I just yeah. read
2: this book by Bethany Rutter called Welcome to Your Life which I really enjoyed actually and mm. it's about this uh, fat girl who jilts her would-be husband at the altar and then has to kind of find herself and it's all about how like everyone's like oh god like you jilted him because he's really good looking and she's fat mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and it's kind of all about her discovering that like being fat doesn't mean that you're shit basically yeah but it's very good anyway that's an aside there's a bit in it where she says the 40 hour working week was developed for men who had wives at home yeah and she's basically like the, the only way people could work 40 hours and have a family and have a household mm-hmm. is if you had somebody at home full time so same thing like mm. yeah that yeah. you need or like if a you full have time an, uh,
0: you know if you uh, earn enough that you can just hire someone to do for yeah. you yeah. Yeah. yeah and not very many people can yeah and yeah. like
2: like we have a cleaner who comes once a week, thank God. Cause I just I mean, especially in the early days. Well, like, I mean, obviously Brandon could have done it, he's not inept. Mm-hmm. But like it was nice as like it's nice as well to not have to do that. You yeah, know, when he can tell me he can hold the baby and I can kind yeah. of have a shower or whatever. But you know what? Like the biggest surprise to me has just been the monotony. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's really relentless and it's yeah. always the same. So mm-hmm. like I get up I put him in, it, get a jumperoo. If you have any friends having a baby, get them a jumperoo. That's you honestly. You got us our jumperoo. No, no, I know, yeah. I know, but I'm like anybody. That's yeah, the best yeah. thing that I have for yeah. him is
1: because I get up in the morning, I put him in his jumperoo. But you know, actually, they say they're bad. I know for, for their, their hips. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah I don't care. Like
2: yeah. lots of things that are bad for them. That like we just put him in front of the TV sometimes as well. And that's yeah. terrible for him. He's only seven months old.
1: I I actually maintain that Isabel was so quick to talk and. Like have a really good vocabulary because she watched so many cartoons as a child, as a very young baby. Um, like she, would, yeah, she was watching Peppa when she was like seven months old, eight months old. Because well, sometimes we just so have delightful. to be like, I'm going to the loo. I have to it just yeah, do it's something. It's about you
0: know? too. Like it's so we talk about it so much, but there we put so much pressure on ourselves to do the right thing. Yeah, yeah. And it's sometimes like it's just impossible. It's not the yeah. right thing. The yeah. right thing is to put them in front of the TV. Mm, the right yeah. thing is to you know give them a a shop bar that i always give i'm like Fianna oh my god it's like, like
1: <laughs> shop bought oat bars are actually what i'm aiming for at this point. i mean yeah. i mean
0: this morning Fionn was drinking fanta rock shandy that uh, he found in rock the shandy. yeah do you know what actually that's the one thing we haven't done <laughs> this morning fizzy drinks fizzy and it's drinks. more because myself and john are such fiends
1: for coke zero <laughs> that like i'm like i just don't want to like pass the addiction on well, you also
2: don't want to add that expense if you're buying double the amount of coke zero <laughs> i then, can't oh, keep you know the diet coke
1: in the house for myself weirdly so obviously again like this is so interesting going on about like the body thing whatever um and you know me and all my food issues that I'm petrified I'm going to pass on to the kids Isabel and I started saying chocolate is not good for me where's she getting that from well obviously me because oh. she only wants to eat chocolate and i'm like no it's like you have to eat something that's like or like she, oh, or she's like oh okay. i I want proper food not whatever and i'm like oh god it's starting already she's only three but I'm i listen
2: to a podcast as well called burnt toast by virginia Sell smith that talks a lot about how to bring up your kids mm. food neutral like and some of it's mad you know when you're like i'm not doing that like when they're like do you know the whole idea. I can't even remember what it's called, but where you put all the food that you're going to have for the meal on the table. So you put the dessert on the table oh, yeah. with the food, and you let the child pick what they're going to have. And the idea is that you're showing them that the d- d- dessert is not no more valuable than potatoes is no more valuable than meat. That is. I just than don't understand so you know because I mean? like
1: sugar tastes so much nicer than. Potatoes. I know, yeah, like and I'm you're, like, you're going to choose that because it's just yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah you and would then just you don't eat don't all the dessert. Else.
2: Now I think what they're really saying is you put the fruit. On the t- you know, I, li- yeah, I don't yeah, think they're yeah. really talking about, like, the kind of desserts I like. I think yeah. they're yeah. talking about, like, fruit and yogurt yeah. is on the table with the vegetables and stuff. Yeah. But the podcast is quite interesting. But it's, h- it's well, hard. Another, it's like another hard. thing
0: is, I think we spoke about it before in a different episode, is to disassociate it from being a, a treat. A and treat. And then to substitute it with the thing the different not treats. Well. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But I don't know what a treat is if it's not food. That's how <laughs> I, <laughs> I treat myself. Me too. Like, there's nothing that I can they have all the toys what are you gonna go like here's yeah. a treat you can play with the toy you have yourself in that box yeah
1: <laughs> oh well i have to say the star chart is finally starting to work for us so now isabel oh. earns her 10 stars and, and after what's she get for 10 stars well so she's been picking out toys for 10 stars but i'm gonna have to try and either lessen Some ex- the reward oh, or yeah. up the ante with how many stars she's to earn because yeah, yeah, yeah. um yeah, yeah i'll be broke
2: could you um, do things like because like our kids love and i don't do it with them enough like painting because it's such a faff. You know what I mean? You're like, get out the paints and the water mm-hmm. and this. Could we you do, do like, like painting time? Yeah, that's just like
1: a normal activity.
2: I know. Wow, that's terrible. We use that as a reward. Actually, talking
0: about the, other, the older brothers, how did they, like, how did they find having a little baby?
2: So it's funny. William is nine and Finn is seven. William is kind of ambivalent i think Mm -hmm. occasionally i think occasionally when he feels like he should he'll he'll go can i hold the baby you know Mm. but it's more if he sees someone else paying attention to the baby and then he's like oh i should finn is obsessed with him but i think it's because william already got to be a big brother yeah you know what i mean so he's finn's big brother and finn drives him mad. whereas finn's never had a had a baby brother and he loves like and and it's so funny like finn walks into the room and atlas starts laughing like he loves him so much He'll come over, he'll play with him and make faces at him. Like, if I'm doing something, I'm like, Finn, go over there and entertain the baby. You know, like, mm. if like Atlas is crying on his mat, I'm like, go over there and entertain the baby, and he'll go over and he'll make faces, and he'll play with him, and he'll do whatever. Um, whereas William will kind of, if he sees Finn playing with him a lot, he might then go, Can I hold him? But it's yeah. more just because he's like, "Well, does Finn get to hold him? Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? But he doesn't, yeah. he's not that interested really. Whereas Finn loves him and Atlas loves, I mean, he loves both of his brothers, but like Finn walks in the room and he just starts laughing. a connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's very, very good. That's cute. great. But you know what the other thing is? We, we have a pit bull right mm-hmm. which complicated things a little bit in the beginning yeah because I obviously and even now like I wouldn't leave the baby in the room with the dog so mm-hmm. if I go to the toilet either the baby or the dog is coming with me <laughs> if I go to have a shower I'm either putting the baby in his crib where the dog can't reach him or I'm putting the dog in a room where he can't get out mm-hmm. so in the very early days there were times when if I was making breakfast and, and the baby was obviously too small to put in the jumper, room and I would occasionally put him in a swing but if he was like wide awake I'd put him in his buggy and and and, and kind of like rock him around the kitchen while I was making breakfast because I didn't want to put him down anywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that definitely made it like a little bit more complicated. And -hmm. just obviously I'd spend the whole time going like, was the dog too close to the baby? And like, I thought I'd be grand as well. And I remember the day I brought the baby home, I suddenly was looking at the dog like he was. Enemy. Not even, but I'd, I was looking at him like he was like a lion that I just yeah. let into my house. You know, what I mean, yeah. like before that, I was like, he's a dote, I love him so much. He's so cute. Like he's so gentle. And then as soon as
1: I had the baby, I was like, oh my god, this is a killing machine. And why do we have it in our house? And it was a, that's like your maternal instinct. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, that's yeah. probably like a chemical thing that's happening.
2: Yeah. For the first couple of weeks, I definitely was looking, at, and I was reminding myself to be nice to the dog because so I was like, Ugh. yeah, because like, get like away from baby. Don't even look at my baby. Is,
0: is your, you know, he he's looking up to you, and you're he, you're his. I don't know.
2: Are you a dog's mother figure? His I suppose you are, or his, owner. I don't know. You're his, you're his person, but I mean, yeah. I also didn't like. I know it can make it worse. Like if I had come home and immediately not looked yeah. at or touched yeah, the dog exactly. at all, yeah. that can give them really big problems, that uh, with yeah. aggression and stuff. She's. So I was, tr- so I was forcing myself to like. I suppose you can sit beside me, yeah. but like only if Brandon had the baby. You yeah. Know, yeah, know what yeah. I mean? So that was kind of tough in the first, in the in the beginning. So do you think Atlas will call you mom? Yeah, of course he's going to call me mom. Sure, like all my sister's kids call her mom. Uh, William asked me the other day Could he call me stepmom Oh, and I was like Aww. What does he call you now Rosemary? He was like or, or like stepmommy I was like eh, If you want Sounds a bit weird Aww. He calls me Rosie But I think it's does it To annoy me Aww. Well it's kind of cute
1: It's obviously cute though That he's like Processing everything You know what I mean Like this is obviously A next step in his mind Where he's like You know You're more aligned To like a mum figure yeah, than yeah, yeah. maybe you were before Well
2: he did ask If he could call me mom mm-hmm. And I had a moment Where I was like Like I would i don't care if he calls me mom right mm-hmm. like i'm perfectly happy for him to call me mom but i was like well you know your mom's your mom and i don't want her to feel like you think that i'm your mom because yeah. your mom's your only mom you yeah. know what i mean yeah. and i'm your stepmom yeah and like i love you and you love me and mm. we know that and like i'm in your family and you're in my family but i'm not you know you only have one mom and that's your mom because mm. yeah. i don't want her to feel like oh yeah, yeah. she wants him to call that's her mom <laughs> yeah 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 it is i think
0: fiona's gonna call me mom and
1: from not, TV. From TV. No, yeah. not from
0: TV, not oh. from TV, uh, from like a Kerry thing. Oh, oh Kerry yeah. Thing. Mom. yeah, yeah, mom.
1: yeah. my mom. granddad was from Kerry. And he I think it's a slightly mom. longer. It's, it's long. like it's yeah, because it comes mom. from I think mommy, Irish. Rather yeah. Than yeah. I want so, yeah. me rather than the Americanization. Yeah, yeah. yeah. no, no I'm so I don't mind k- too much. Yeah, I'm everything. Well, i my actually, mother was Mammy.
2: I'm everything to my children. I'm everything and all that they need in the world. Mother, lover, no, not lover. No, I'm
1: mom, mommy and mama, but not What about mommy. Would you like no? I, I no, don't just, like. I Mami. just no, but I, I don't mind it. It's just uh, she's uh, Isabel has picked up mom and mommy from obviously watching. for Well, I suppose Peppa's very British, but yeah, she no, she's mom. mom. She? She's yeah. um, I think it's coca Melon, mommy. Oh yeah. I watched Cocomelon for the first time
2: in my life yesterday. Are you traumatized? In my friend's house. I didn't even notice it. I was just like, what is this? I used to go to sleep yeah. and
0: like hear the rhymes. Oh, I, sto- in my I head. stopped it in our house. Like we don't need it and I don't need it. Like it actually is driving me insane. So we just don't play <laughs> yeah. it anymore. But <laughs> I like, like Shaun I like the Bluey. Sheep, which is a, no dialogue at all.
2: Oh, I like, mm. I like Bluey. I, I like, like Bluey, yeah. La, Bluey has good storylines. I'm, story I'm not I'm familiar good. with Bluey. Oh my God, you need to watch oh, Bluey. it's really cute. It's Australian, isn't it? Yeah
1: yeah we're Australian. actually um we've we've gone on we, we've really cut down the cartoons and it's been amazing like oh, reducing it? the screen time has actually changed our lives yeah and, oh. and pio weirdly doesn't like cartoons he's really like he's all action oh. like he won't actually sit still enough like he won't even sit still to read a book so over winter well before the winter, we got
2: a trampoline last summer for the boys, right? Mm. So I was like, we have to have some stuff in the backyard because we moved into this new house. There's nothing in the yard, as they call it. Mm-hmm. I was like, let's get a trampoline. So uh, the boys are like, can we go out in the trampoline in the rain? Like, they love going on the trampoline in inclement weather. <laughs> can we go out in the trampoline in the snow? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Guideside lights, stay Yeah, don't even put your gun, just get out the door. <laughs> <laughs> so they go out in the snow, right? So they're bouncing on the trampoline. And then after a couple of minutes, I was like, Brandon, where are the boys? He was in the kitchen, so which looks out on, on the backyard. I was like, where are the boys? because I don't know, like, you know, did they go around the side? And I was like, I don't know. And sometimes they go around the side and they, they have a friend who kind of cycles up and down the path and they go and hang out with him. And I was like, Where are they? And then all of a sudden he went running out the back door, right? And I was like, Where are the boys? And they were standing in the middle of the pond, which was iced over behind our house. Oh so they were gosh. standing in the center of this huge pond that was complete. Now, it was obviously thick enough to hold them. Yeah. But Brandon's going out and going, Boys, come here. Like, Because you also don't know Are they going to step on a bit That suddenly And Brandon's also Six foot six And weighs like Nearly 300 pounds So he's big You know what I mean So he's not going to go And walk out and get them So he's just like Get over here And they get in And the two of us Are trying to impress upon them I'm like guys Like I was like If you fell through that you would die and William's like I would save Finn I'm like A you're a shit swimmer <laughs> B no you wouldn't you would also die and then I like, I'm obviously very like like my dad I'm like I'm gonna go upstairs and fill the bath full of ice and we'll see and, like, <laughs> and Brandon's like Rosemary calm down and I'm like no no we'll see but like the two of us like got such a fright yeah and they were out there fucking fucking little stones at the pond as well of all the stupid things to do
1: but that's also just even hard that you've gone from like having no kids to suddenly you're parenting two actual
0: children yeah you know what I mean with yeah. having a progression grown grown to that? Yeah, I was talking um, to somebody
1: about
2: that the other day, and I was saying like I obviously like care about them a lot, and I mean I would say I probably love them. It's, it's kind of hard to tell when it's not like romantic. Like, do yeah, I love I them? Know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, I'd say I do love them, but when they're being shits, you don't have <laughs> you don't have the background of like having grown up with them and having seen them be gorgeous babies and yeah. gorgeous toddlers, and you don't have this like solid Sorry, foundational. I don't, I don't love. think there's
1: such a thing as a gorgeous toddler, but anyway, oh, yeah.
2: But like you know what I mean Like you don't have These solid years of love So, wh- so when they're being awful You kind of Like as a step parent I think you get All the bad parts of parenting And you don't get A lot of the good parts mm-hmm. so You don't get the like yeah. Unconditional love From them either You know what I mean To begin with and you don't get the kind of, especially in the beginning, the kind of respect that they might or might not give their parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't really yeah. get to be an authority figure because you're just dad's girlfriend or mm-hmm. mom's boyfriend. Do mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Or mom's girlfriend or dad's boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, it's definitely a hard thing to navigate without 100%. that, yeah. like, without that backing of love. And also, when I had Atlas, I was really worried when I was pregnant. I was like, shit. Like, I really hope I don't. I mean, not that I don't love him more, because I think like the love you feel for your for your child is going to be different to the love you feel of for course. your stepchildren, because mm-hmm. you haven't had this. At yeah. the same time with them but i was really worried that i was going to end up favoring him mm. and i suppose i still am a bit yeah although now i'm actually the more time i spent my sister's kids i'm like actually you know what all kids are going to be dickheads because like part of <laughs> me is like my kids not gonna be a dickhead. and they're like no they actually they all go through phases yeah. it's different
0: at different ages too yeah. like it just is like you're gonna have different reactions and different ways of doing stuff when they're just like yeah. from when they're a tiny baby to when they're yeah. a toddler and then when they're you know in school or whatever so yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm, I don't want to tell about fate, giving yourself a break, though.
1: I feel like we're a tiny bit getting out of the tan- like the terrible toddler tantrum things. I remember you said that about your nephew when he turned four; he like stopped being as difficult. Oh, but and I've really clung to that,
2: and no, I can see it. No, now he's six, and he's getting turning into oh a shithead no. again. <laughs> I think okay. he just goes through like face. I remember when I first moved, moved over. Personality. <laughs> well, <laughs> when I first moved over to America, I remember my sister going, "Oh no, he's going through a shit personality phase." because I was like what is wrong with him and now he's getting back in but I think it's I think it's he's discovering himself a bit more now and getting like assertive
0: in a new way yeah it's it's all this it's brain development like these things firing off all over the place yeah until they're like 25 or something oh well on that (laughs) that note um
1: thank you so much for joining us Rosary thanks for having me
0: thanks so much thanks Thanks, mommy mommy. (laughs) mama Thanks so much for listening to this episode of A Little Birdie Told Me. If you enjoyed it, we have so many other amazing episodes for you to go back and listen to wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, make sure to like us and hit subscribe. Don't forget to tune in again next time. Is your child restless this winter? If so, then try using a soothing Calpol vapour plug and nightlight an electrical plug-in device that emits lavender and chamomile vapours to soothe and comfort babies and children, helping to promote clear and easy breathing for up to eight hours. The nightlight emits a soft light to help comfort your child and guide you in the room so that you don't disturb your sleeping child. The Calpol Night Vapor Plug and Nightlight is suitable for children from three months. Calpol Vapor Plug and Nightlight is an electrical device and non-medicine. Always read the label.